How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Aura, and uh, they never cease to surprise me, by the way. The things that we do and we see over on the other side of the pod. Uh, this time we're actually seeing... <laughs> it's good to be. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to keep straight face during this big piece. We're seeing some real North Korea vibes being shown here uh, by uh, uh, Katerova. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to see this video, and you're not going to be able to take it seriously, like 100%. It's just one of those kind of things where you're like, what? Is this, this is serious? When I first saw the video, I uh, I instantly thought of that Kim Jong-un video that was like a year or so ago, maybe eight months, nine months, or however long ago. I think it was about a year. It's like some James Bond-esque type deal. Or they were trying to trying to reinvent the wheel. I don't know what they were trying to do. It's, <laughs> it's the goofiest thing. It's probably like one of the most powerful pieces of propaganda videos I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, <laughs> I strive to be like this daily. Yeah, to me, seeing uh, those kind of those kind of prop videos, just just especially from that kind of guy, you know, not not Kim Jong Un, but the other gentleman, seeing one from him give you guys an indication of just how out of touch they really are with like the understanding of what war really is like. I don't know. It's almost like he memed himself, but he wasn't trying to meme himself. And and I don't know. I it's just maybe it's because they don't have access to actual military stuff. But like sitting there, it was either PKM or RPK. I don't remember what it was, which one it was. But he was holding it. and He's just shooting it in circles. He's like what? Is, what are you doing? And what are the guys doing inside the cars? Just driving and shooting in the air. That's like what I was, I was like. Hold on. This I for, for, at the beginning I thought it had to be like some meme, but then it goes on him like a sniper scene. He's like sitting there with something from like the sixties. Like all right, here we go. It's like something I'd use with my grandpa to go hunt. I, I don't know deer. You know, like 1970s rifle, like, oh, we're here. We're ready. Coming for you. Like in the mountains. Okay. Like, sure. All right, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, he needs to go back to tending his goats is what he probably needs to do. But currently, if you're wondering what it was like to be on the ground inside of Ukraine, uh, you would you would get this, oh, my God, we're, we're in like a cold, wet swamp type of type of feeling or vibe. <laughs> So that right there looks absolutely miserable. Like, I hate the cold, like, with a passion, but just being stuck in a bad situation uh, myself one time ugh, just just gives me, like, the, the real, you know what, cold isn't for me. And, and seeing that, I'm like, ugh, I can just feel the, the aftermath of, like, your feet being wet, soggy, cold, you're just, your hands are, I, no. And clearly, the track vehicles are going to do a little bit better than wheeled there, but still going to throw track and... That might be why we're seeing a little bit of slowdown in certain areas. Uh, but you know what? I need to say thank you real quick to my VIP Patreon members uh, over there for, for for all the support over the past month or two. Uh, real quick, got to give a shout out to a few of y'all. Alan Gee. We got Brad R. Scholl, Dan Campo, Daniel White, Larry, Led Pelter, Mike Lucas, and C. Terrible. Seriously, thank you to all of you guys over there on the Patreon side of things. If you guys want to support, uh, you guys can. Your support right now tremendously helps since most of these videos are not monetized out the gate. And it costs me a good bait to keep this thing up and running. So, if you guys want to support the channel, you guys can. Uh, directly by heading over to the Patreon, which is always linked in the description. You guys get an exclusive video every single week. And all videos are ad-free. Thank you so much. Seriously, it helps out a lot. So the United States has actually stepped up and decided they will be handing over some Patriot systems to Ukraine, possibly. I, I think it's going to happen. I think it possibly already has happened or attend the process. It's going to get approved. Okay. Which, of course, has ruffled some feathers of some of the guys who actually talk on TV over there for them in, in Russia. 
Not entirely sure how sending a piece of equipment over there that is used to, to I don't know, for defensive purposes only really changes anything, but apparently it's crossing some sort of red line. Иван Павлович, а почему такая шумиха разворачивается вокруг патриотов? Почему Украина за них бьется? И как они могут повлиять на ситуацию на фронте? So we handed over the Hawks systems, correct? So which is the, I guess you say the predecessors to the, the Patriots. It's the one that replaced them, whatever. Or the Patriot replaced the Hawk. Okay. I, I'm going to say, how, how well is the air defense right now over Ukraine? I would, I would say it's doing fairly well with certain gaps, of course, being which, which has to happen. It lets some, or not, it doesn't have to happen, but it has happened, which has let some missiles through. For the most part, roughly like 70% of everything that's shot into Ukraine or near the cities is shot down, and they do fairly well. Okay. And to dabble a bit on the Patriot system, he's talking about a tech from 2003 when he was trying to discuss it. That was roughly 20 years ago, 19 to be exact, almost 20. Think about this. The Russians... Like, they want to let the world know or let their people know they have nothing to worry about. They have it under control. But I can guarantee you, just like the High Mars, they have no way of getting around these things once they get into the country. There's no way for them to get around them. High Mars has, we're going to hear here in a little bit about High Mars again. And the Russians do think about this thing consciously like a lot. I mean, for God's sakes, think about it. The High Mars has been able to accomplish a ton in a short amount of time just being there. There, there hasn't been one confirmed High Mars destroyed as of yet, and it's been inside of country for at least, what, five to six months now? Some of you guys out there may have not had any issues with identity theft, but I myself have a decent story to tell you guys real quick. I one time was stuck on the Malaysian Airlines website after that plane went down a few years back. I think it was like a handful of years back. You guys remember that happened? Well, me, myself and I, Robert Turkle, I was shoved on the, the homepage of that website as the guy who took it down. That actually happened. I've also had my YouTube accounts uh, taken one time and they put, uh, I'm going to say 18 plus this kind of content on my stuff for like five days straight on my very first channel ever. So that was also very good. So I do know a little bit about people coming at you for, uh, God, I've had all my, I've had all my accounts taken. Now think about it. I've had literally almost every single one of my accounts taken from my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTubes, all of them. I've had them all stolen from me before. And that's why I'm excited to partner with today's sponsor Aura. Aura is an easy to use app that includes everything you need to stay safe online or protects you from scammers and hackers by scanning the so-called dark web where criminals sell stolen information looking for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers. It also alerts you fast if, it's, if it finds anything, okay? If Aura finds your personal information on the dark web, it'll, it'll literally let you know. I actually, matter of fact, I bought a vehicle the other day, and guess what? Aura sent me a bunch of stuff. They're like, oh my God, someone's stealing your information. I'm like, no, no, calm down, it's me. I'm taking my own stuff. They help you fight back against those annoying websites that also make your personal information public by automatically requesting removal of your info. This helps reduce those robocalls. Aura gives you near real-time alerts on suspicious credit card inquiries, like if someone was opening up a loan or credit card in your name, which I was just telling you guys about. Their VPN also allows you guys to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Aura even helps you manage what your kids can do with their advices. You can restrict specific apps, set screen time limits, and even set focus times to ensure your child is doing their homework instead of binging on YouTube. Yes, binging on this platform. And their password manager lets you store and access your online passwords securely and conveniently. Maybe you guys already have an app that does one of these things, but without Aura, you guys... I'm telling you, it's like leaving your back door open and your front door locked. You need to have everything. You need to have everything nice and secure, okay? You need to download this thing. Do it right now. You don't need to have seven different apps. Let Aura do all the hard work of keeping you safe online. If you guys sign up right now, Aura will actually give you guys a two-week free trial with, um, with my link. Give it a shot. 
All you guys got to do is go to Aura.com forward slash speak the truth to get your all's free trial right now. I'll be linked at the very top of the description as well. That is right. All you got to do is go to Aura.com forward slash speak the truth to get your free two-week trial. Just give it a shot. It's free. Go check out what's going on with your name on the web. And we're starting to see more and more Russians have doubt over their ability to win the war inside of Ukraine. We are seeing from like intercepted phone calls and from the main host about the doubts that they have an ability to strike deep like now inside of Ukraine. And, and we're seeing some of the bigger military figures come out and not only doubt that they actually have the right stuff to finish the war, but he's also stating they need to bomb Kiev, which for me doesn't really make any sense, but he's doing it because they, they don't want to look weak anymore. <laughs> Киев, давайте туда сбрасывать все, что летает, какие-нибудь старые ракеты, я не знаю, есть они, у меня уже просто сомнения, есть ли они, но если они есть, давайте их просто запускать, пусть они летят, пусть там страдают, киевля, ничего нет, да, то есть... Now, I'm not entirely sure how claiming bombing Kiev would be a decisive win inside of the war. We have seen a few takes from the Russians on hitting the capital with bombs, and some actually believe it's going to do more damage and help, and others like him think it's going to make Russia look powerful. It would make you look weak if you cannot win the fight on the ground. And all that would endlessly end up doing is causing more issues for Russia as a whole because they would end up having to deal with larger weapons being brought in from the West that would happen at some point. It would, it would actually happen at a faster rate if that were to happen because now they're not just targeting the capital, but they're targeting all the civilians inside of it. And that's why I, I think the higher-ups in Russia know this, and I think that's why you have these mouthpieces that are constantly just talking about it because they know that they don't have the... Well, what's the word? They don't have the ability to change the course of the war. They just can show that they're angry over, over one thing. So we're, we're even seeing that like the main guys talk about how the West isn't afraid of Russia, which... Of course, it's true. No one over here is terrified of Russia one bit. Like, there's not a single person in America right now that I know of, or I, I can even think of. Everybody's just wondering, when is the war inside of Ukraine going to be over with? Russia, they they, they suck. They really do. That's what everybody... Actually, the entire world just <laughs> thinks that. I'm, I'm thinking about it. The entire world thinks that. They don't just suck on the ground militarily, but they suck as a whole. Like, like they're just not good people, like, right now. They, the, the way that they treat everybody outside, it's just, it's just goofy. Anyway, the entire world's tone towards Russia has changed dramatically after we have seen how poorly the military is. Like everybody's, they look at them, and they're like, "Yeah, they're not really that strong." Он собирает там свои безопасности, говорит, так товарищи, давайте подумаем насчет изменения военной доктрины. В Вашингтоне начнет, в Вашингтоне не хватит подгузников. Now, of course, Poland is at fault. One hundred percent, it's all Poland's fault. Just like she said, it, it, that's the way it is. And the entire war was started because of Poland. They were coming to take Russia by storm, 100%. That was, that was the reason why this thing started, for sure. And you know what else the, the Russians have, uh, 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 I guess, uh, among other things, is the fact that they're still living in 80 years ago. Times have changed, and the way that you fight wars has changed. They continue with the whole narrative that I believe anybody in America right now doesn't take seriously. Like no one really takes it seriously. And, and they pay attention to this. Like No one actually, you know what, now I think about it. The only people in America that I think pay attention to the war in Ukraine are the ones that listen to the show, or I don't think anybody's like tuning into the news here in America and be like, you know what, what's going on in Ukraine? That's not really a thing, because no one really worries about it anymore, to be honest with you guys. America doesn't take it seriously, to the extent of like civilian population. I know a lot of us are still backing and like super excited about Ukrainian military and go take, him, take it to the Russians, but for the most part, the majority of America does not, they just don't care. They really don't. So when they're saying that we're, we're Nazis and whatnot, we're like, most of us in the West are like, what are you talking about? You give nothing to back up this, what you're talking about. It's just, it's so stupid. It kind of reminds me of the studies, like, um, 
Okay, well, these have been done on humans regarding marketing the products and how to sell them. If you guys show a human a product seven times or so, it's, it's, it's average between six and, or excuse me, like five and 12, but the, the average for Americans like, or a human is seven. Show them seven times, your chances have, in, have increased dramatically on actually selling that product to that person that's never seen it. So the more and more and more they repeat the same narrative, the easier it becomes for the Russian civilians to believe uh, because they're constantly having to hear it. Like same stuff done is done here in America by the left and the right with regards to political agendas and ideas they're wanting to push. 100%. The more you push a narrative on a person, the easier it is to believe. The easier it is for them to repeat it over and over and over again. And I, I would assume most of us that are sitting here listening to this would agree with that statement, correct? I mean, it's not far-fetched to believe that. The more and more and more they pound it, they pound the, the Z emblem down their throat, they hit it over and over and over. It's, it's just the way propaganda works. And marketing as a whole, you can actually think of marketing in a sense could be looked at as the same thing as propaganda, but in a different form. It's trying to sell a product instead of pushing an idea. Correct? I mean, it is what it is. На самом деле всегда было так. Вот они пять областей. Вот они собираются встать здесь в административном городе. пусть встают. Но они-то думают, что мы встанем вот здесь, а между нами будет нейтральная полоса. Ну и прекрасно. So in a matter of a few seconds, they have changed the entire reasoning behind taking the country of Ukraine and don't even realize entirely what they've even said. I think it's because he spoke out so angrily, I guess you say, because he was he was one of the other hosts that said something. Goes, oh, no, this is why we're doing it. Like within a few seconds, Spain went from we are fighting the Poles in the West because of some Nazis to let's take the entire country of Ukraine because... Why would we give up our lands? And I'm assuming he did not even realize that he was saying this. And, and I don't need to go into further detail as to why the entire segment is extremely contradicting as a whole. So now for our big intercepted phone call of the day, we have a gentleman who is down in the Kyrgyzstan region, which, of course, still has a large chunk occupied by the Russians controlling the southern portion of it. He also seems a bit worried about the Western equipment that is uh, equipment that is floating around and causing them some issues. Now, he didn't seem to be too thrilled over the 50,000 rubles his kids were going to be receiving, which is like $770. So great. The Russian government just gave the mobilized men, their, their kids, I guess. I don't know if it didn't say... If it had to be boys or girls, I don't really actually... It didn't say that, just kids. So they gave their kids $770. Wow. Way to go. That is, that's going to... That actually might change quite a few of their lives. They can buy a few more... I don't know. They could probably buy two sets of washing machines at that price. Maybe three. Depends on which ones they get. Maybe even a toilet. Because there are some, some Russian families right now that actually don't have indoor plumbing. That is a true thing. Remember the lady that actually sold or gave her money to the Russians so they could buy drones? And she was going to use it to give herself... Her first indoor plumbing, and she was like 75. That was pretty. That was a pretty solid uh, piece. Anyway, I would say that I'd be I'd be walking on pins and needles myself if I was down there in the southern region. I had to think that high Mars was going to be used against me at any point. Like that would make me a little bit worried, right? Make you a bit worried. Now we're going to move on to some mapping. What's going on inside of Ukraine? On the ground, there is some movements from kind of both sides, I guess. So we're up here in the northern section. I've got maps pretty much zoned in on the areas that they're in. If you guys have not been paying attention, we're in the northeastern part of the country on that front that goes past here's Sivitov. Then you have Kupiansk over here. And down over here, you have Kremina. Okay, so we're up inside this area. 
Now, the areas that are seeing, I guess, the biggest shift is going to be, well, it, it started a few days back, and it's, it's right through here. So I'm not even going to change this area. A few days back, the Russians, well, you know, we can go back about two weeks ago. The Ukrainians pushed across this main line. Then the Russians pushed them back, and the Ukrainians pushed them back, and now the Russians are pushing them back. It's like a back-and-forth process right through this area. So as of right now, I don't know. I don't think anybody can definitively tell you who controls that area I just circled. Right? If anybody could tell you that, they, that it's controlled by either party, they're either on the ground or they're lying to you. I don't think anybody can honestly, definitively tell you what's going on in that one little circle. Now, I'll tell you guys, just south of here, uh, well, actually, you know what, the entire, this entire line right here, all the way up and down here, the Russians have started in five or six different areas a counteroffensive. I, I, would, I would say, I'm not going to call them counteroffensive. That's kind of a bad word to use because they're not really counteroffensive. They're more like probing attacks or just they're trying to expand their white spaces a tad bit. The problem is they don't have enough troops really to to get the job done fully and facilitating any major push right now. They just don't. I also believe there's a chance uh, just rest of Kremina right here in that little circle that I just made. I'll fill it in for you guys right here. Okay. On the outskirts of Diprova. Okay. There's, there's the Russians have been shelling this area for the last three days, which could be, or could mean, I guess that they're either masking uh, a retreat or the Ukrainians have already pushed through and penetrated through the line, but the fog of war kind of persists inside of this area, so we have to wait and see when the dust settles, literally. Uh, if it is the case, the Ukrainians have, in fact, busted through this area and are slowly seeing the outer perimeter of the Russian line actually collapsing, could be kind of a big deal because they're getting pressure from both sides. You have them pushing in from the south, southwest, and then they're also pushing in from that north-northwest side. They're causing the Russians, we know, have had to shift men all the way back around to this northeastern side of Kremlin itself to make sure that this supply route, this supply line, that's probably why, you know what, matter of fact, that is why we have seen them push back through that northwestern side of the city because they shifted men and resources over there so they did not lose um, the the railroad line that is over there that is supplying all the men into Kremlin. You know, that's, that's kind of crazy. I just now, as, as I'm sitting here making this, realizing why it is that actually happened. And I remember telling you guys that they shifted those men over in the previous episode. Hmm. We're going to be shifting down the Bakhmut now. So we're down here in Bakhmut. So this is, we're going to have two separate maps, okay, of Bakhmut for, for probably here on out. We have confirmation that Wagner mercenaries have entered the eastern outskirts of the city itself. So you, you're not going to be able to see it too well, but it's going to be right here. I have a close-up map we're going to shift to. You know what? Uh, we're going to shift to it right now. So here is the area that I was just talking about right there. Now we can see the entirety of the city of Bakhmut itself. The blue line is going to be your heavy fortified areas by the Ukrainians. Very clear, very obvious. Okay. Now this area was lost. This one right through here over the last three, two, I'm going to say two to three-ish days, somewhere in there. And it was lost because the, the Russian slash Wagner mercenary guys were dropping artillery, uh, precise artillery and heavy artillery on the edge of this city. Um, now, I'm going to say that this is, it's not all is lost, okay? Now, the eastern side of the city has somewhat fallen, okay? But the, the, the Ukrainians do have pretty heavily fortified defensive lines set up. They also have a natural barrier in place that will help them slow down the Russians if they somehow get through this first line. And the natural barrier I'm talking about is going to be, well, they have a couple of them. We have one right here, which is going to, there's going to be a bridge there because there's water. Clearly, you can see it's kind of dammed up and made a made somewhat of a lake or just drinking water. And there's another one right here. So there's a couple little natural barriers the Russians are going to have to get through. That's 
actually, there's quite a few inside the city. Inside the city itself. Look, there's one right here as well. There's another one right there. There's water that runs all the way down through here. So there is quite a few on the outer edge of the city, and that is, that is kind of a big deal. It is harder to get stuff, especially right now. Think about it. When you're moving those equipment like we saw earlier, mushy, hard to get across. Once you get across, it's still going to be mushy. And then now you also have to worry about the fact that the Ukrainians still control all the high ground just north of the city. So the Russians are throwing everything in, the, in this area. We, we got to remember that. Um, but this area right now is the most crucial area for the Ukrainians to hold. Is going to be on the southern, or excuse me, the southern well, find your words, the southwestern side of the city, which I think is going to be this area right here. It's not just specifically that area, but I'm going to say this line, okay? This line right here, Klishtika, okay? If they can hold this, the Russians then are not going to be able to clearly surround the city itself in a half circle and cut off any type of routes. Just because the Russians have entered the far eastern side doesn't mean they're going to take the city. The Ukrainians still hold the high ground, remember that, on the northern side. So all this high ground on this northern side is maintained by the Ukrainians, so they can't actually hit the Russian units with artillery if need be. Either way, it's not a good thing that the Russians have entered the portion of the city, clearly, but it does not mean the end is near. Okay, so that's pretty much that. Now, outside of this area, the south area, you got Plavlika. Um, I don't need to, I'm not going to pull it up because it's not going to really change anything, but I'm going to tell you guys, the, the Russians weren't able to break through those lines down there, so Ukrainian defensive lines on the southern side of the city. So they decided to push around... I tried to bypass these positions and push all the way to the east and then go north. Didn't pan out. They were spotted either by a drone or by a person. I think it was more like it was a drone. Attempting to maneuver on the outskirts of the city, the Ukrainians then dropped artillery on this company-sized element that literally almost destroyed the entire company. All that element that was trying to move in the, in the process. So that was not a good thing. So with all the cannon fodder I am seeing in the past month or so inside of Bakhmut on the southern portion of the country, I will not be surprised if the Russians do attempt another major mobilization of some sort here soon. The biggest problem they're going to have being is how they can outfit the men, and yeah, how are they going to outfit them? They don't have a they don't have a lack of humans running around that giant country. They have a lack of being able to actually facilitate the correct stuff to win the fight. So anyway, I'm out of here. Do love you guys. Catch you guys tomorrow.